Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here. Uh, I'm really glad you're here with us at Church in the Valley today. Uh, my name is Jeep Underwood, and I'm the I'm the campus pastor here. And over the past few weeks, um, we've been looking at we've been in a series called Perspective, and we've been looking at uh, looking at some fundamental aspects of how life works. And we've looked at how the scriptures are really the reality grid that we really need to filter our life through and our decisions through. We've looked how we looked at how knowing God personally is really it's really at the heart of understanding reality. It's at the heart of understanding. And then we last week we looked at our great need of God and this and our great need of the new life that He gives us when we accept Christ and really make Him the boss of our lives. <clears throat> so this this week we're going to be looking at our walk with God and how to build a life that really makes a difference. And then next week we'll, we'll look at uh, walking together with God and, and how it's crucial that uh, we walk as a community with God. And then the week after that we'll look at uh, how we as a community can really accomplish the mission that God has for us, kind of be a part of what God's doing in the world. So that's kind of where we're headed. <clears throat> um, let me ask this. How many of you guys like the musical Les Mis? Just curious. You know what? I, I am also in that camp. <clears throat> uh, you know, a few years, several years ago, Kate and I were on uh, our anniversary trip. We were in San Francisco, and we're walking down the street. And I always liked the music of Les Mis, but I never saw the play. So we're walking down the street, and there's a, we walked by this theater. I went, hey, look, Les Mis is playing. And so we checked in. It was like starting in 20 minutes, and and uh, the the cost was just down to where we could make that happen. So up in the nosebleeds, <laughs> like, there's people down there. So... Um, <laughs> So like 20 minutes later, I'm sitting there watching Les Mis, and it was just great. I really enjoyed it. But I remember walking out there thinking, I love the songs, but the way they have to stage it on the stage, you know, everything has to be in one place. And I walked out of there feeling a little confused. Like, I, th- I think there's more to this. I just, I'm a little confused as to, there's more going on in that in those songs than I could really figure out what was going on. And I didn't really understand it until I saw the movie that came out back in 2012 with Hugh Jackman. And before the greatest showman, <laughs> he was Jean Valjean. Um, so he, uh, you know, just, just really watched that. And when I saw that movie, I had a perspective shift on that story. Um, I began to really see things in context of what was really going on. I, I'm going to try to hold it together here. You think, Jeep, it's a movie. Come on. Uh, calm down a little. Uh, when I... I love them song, I Dreamed a Dream, but it never broke my heart until I saw it in context. Um, broken chairs at empty tables. I love that song, but I never really got it until I saw it in context of what was really going on, that he'd lost all of his friends, <clears throat> and only he was left. And this story, you know, this overall story of Jean Valjean, of how he had uh, he was a prisoner for like 19 years and not, he was a prisoner, but actually he also began to be in a prison of hate. And he was just consumed by this hate that was in his life. And then he moved into, he got paroled. He doesn't even know, he didn't really know why he got paroled. And, uh, he did some things he shouldn't have done. And this priest really showed him the grace of God. And he really impacted the grace of God in his life. And he, he, he helped him. He didn't give him what he deserved. He actually gave him what he needed for a brand new life. And, It changed his life. And he broke out of that prison of hate 
And he began to really move towards people in ways. He really loved people. He took, showed mercy to them. And that's what that movie's about. And he began to really live a life of sacrificial love for other people. And I want us to look at a clip this morning because I need more emotion in my life. Um, so <laughs> I like to watch a clip. It's the end, it's the end of the movie. So if you haven't seen it, you're like, thanks, G, for ruining the movie. Um, in this clip, uh, he's, it's when Jean Valjean is, is dying and he's surrounded by the people he's really sacrificed for. Uh, the, the girl that he had adopted and raised as his own daughter, her husband, he, she just got married, that he saved his life and he really looked out for him. And, and also you'll see someone else singing there that someone that's passed away before and, uh, just, it's actually the, the mother of the, of the daughter that, that he had adopted. Just listen to, just watch this clip and then I'll come back and say a few things. I will try. On this page, I write my last confession. Read it well when I at last am sleeping. It's the story of one who turned from hating. The man who only learned to love when you were in his keeping. <laughs> Come with me, but chains oh. will never bind you. Oh, I am ready for death. Oh, your grief, lost <sighs> behind you. Lord in heaven. Look down on him in mercy. Forgive me all my trespasses and take me to your glory. Take my hand, I'll lead you to salvation. That's a, that's a very moving movie. And I remember when we saw it, uh, usually Kate and I will talk about movies when we come out, and I told her, Kate, I can't talk right now. <laughs> it took me about ten minutes before I could talk because I was so moved. And I, I think it's because it painted a picture of what I really want. And that is, you know, he lived a life that truly impacted other people. And... Uh, he really made a difference with the way he lived his life. And I think there's something in all of us. All of us, we just resonate with that, is that we really want to live a life that, uh, you know, when we look back on our lives, we can really see that they really made a difference. Um, so I'm going to try to pull it together. Um, and, you know, that's, that's what God really wants for us. He really he wants each of us to walk with him and to really become like his son.
And he really wants to develop a loving community of those kinds of people that, uh, so that other people that are outside can really see that he's really real and that he really wants to invite other people into our community so that they can enjoy a relationship with God just like we have. That's what God really wants. And there, there's something about walking with God, there's something about walking with God that enables you to see the context of what God's doing in the world and your place in it. Something about walking with God that just enables you to see the context of what God's really doing in the world. So how do, you, how do you walk with God in such a way that you become like Jesus over time? I'd like to, as, I'd like us to, uh, spend some time with some, get some insight from Jesus on this topic. And, uh, he's, let's go ahead and let's take, let's look at, uh, Luke 6, 46 to 49. <clears throat> Jesus, he just got done giving a lot of teaching and he says this at the end to the folks that are following him. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like the man who built a house on the ground without any foundation. And the torrent burst against it. And immediately it collapsed. And the ruin of that house was great. What Jesus, what Jesus says, he says, you know what? He says, uh, to really have a well-built life, you need to come to me, you need to listen to me, and you need to follow through and do what I say. That's, that's what he was saying. And the, the issue, like I used to think, I used to kind of have my mind like, you know, you have to build your foundation in the right place. So you, and what Jesus is saying here is actually the difference is whether you have a foundation or not. There's just two ways of building. One, one has a foundation that can really withstand things. One foundation, one does not have a foundation. And then I spent some, as I spent some time looking at this, about, about three years ago, I was really looking at this passage and some things began to really come out to me and some thoughts that I hadn't had before. And one is that when he talks about a foundation, he's actually talking about the way of building. So it's kind of a, you know, it's like you're, if you have a foundation, he's actually talking about the way of building and that's the foundation of your life. And then if I were to paraphrase what Jesus was saying, it's something like, I think it was something like, if you want a well-built life that can withstand the pressures of life and the storms of life and really make a difference, then come to me, listen to me, and do what I say. And that's really the crux of how you build a life that really does make a difference. Now, as I was spending some time thinking on that, I, I thought there's a real cadence to that. It's really kind of a come, listen, do. Come, listen, do. And as I, as I had that thought, it reminded me of something. It reminded me of something that I'd done for a living for many, many years, and that was be a carpenter. Uh, so I'm an, um, uh, I've been an engineer for about 26 years now. Before that, I was a carpenter. My dad's a contractor. And I grew up in construction, building houses. And, uh, you know, from the time I was about eight years old, so I just, I just kind of learned how to uh, build houses because that's what he did. And so I became a, I became a carpenter, knew how to pound nails. I thought about bringing my nail bags up today, but I couldn't figure out how to hook them on around my wireless mic. So I didn't do it. But, you know, you put your nail bags on and you go build a house. Go ahead and go to the next slide. I'm going to show you this. You know, when you think of a house, you have beautiful thoughts. You think, I want a house like that. A house is kind of a vision of where you're going. But when you're on the job, uh, go to the next slide. This is what it looks like. You know, you, you go out on the job, it's like, 
Whoa, it's not so beautiful. Uh, you actually have to build a house. You have to build it and make it happen. And the primary way you build it is with nails. So you have a lot of materials there, all that lumber package. They deliver a lumber package just like that. And so you have to go out and you have to pound this thing together with nails. It's really the nails that really hold a house together. And so when I was, so, you know, the way you pound nails is you, uh, you get your nail bags on, you grab a nail and then you take your hammer and you set it right where it needs to go. And then the next drive, you drive it home. Now, if you go around and you go ding, 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 then you'll be looking for a job <laughs> and uh, maybe a skilled place where you can learn how to pound nails. But, you know, the only way this works, the reason you can't go ding, 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 ding is because a lot of nails go in the house. You know, you, you go, well, how'd you go? I got two nails in today. Uh, uh, Jeep, I think uh, you're a little far off the mark. So it takes a lot of nails to build a house. You actually have to get kind of to a rhythm. It's, there's a real cadence to it. So as you're working, it's like grab, set, drive. Grab, set, drive. And you just you go to town. I, I've got a cousin that could just just blow your mind how fast he could pound nails. I could never come close. But all of us really learned how to how to pound nails. And as I thought of that, come, listen, do, that picture came to my head of like grab, set, drive. And really, the way you, I think, the way you build a life, what Jesus was saying is, you get into a repetitive cadence where you're coming, listening, and doing over and over and over again. So you're, it takes many, many applications to build the life that really makes a difference to really walk with God. So it's, you know, it's come, listen, do. It's like, and so, you know, coming to Him is like grabbing the nail out of your bags. Listening to Him is, and coming to the point of understanding what He means is like setting the nail. There's a lot of potential. You know, you pull you pull out a nail and you set it. There's a lot of potential there to do a whole lot of good. But until you drive that nail home, it doesn't really do anything. If you went out and just set nails all over the house, you would not want to be around the house very long because it would be gone. You have to drive them home. That's how you build. And that's what he was saying. That's why Jesus, he, he said, to the one who hears and doesn't act, it's like someone who just, he sets nails, but he doesn't drive them home. And so if we have to get into that cadence, that repetitive cadence, and I think this is really just a description of a lifestyle of what walking with God looks like. Is you, you're easily persuaded by the things you're listening to and understanding and you put those into practice. And you begin in different areas of your life, you're building, you're building, you're building. Until eventually you begin to build up the, the life that you and God have always wanted for you to have. So what I want to do this morning is just kind of look through each of those pieces of the cadence. Each of those sections of the cadence. So uh, if you guys go ahead and go to the go to the next slide, uh, there's a there's a cadence of building a life of walking with God. Come to Him, listen to Him, and do what He says. Now, coming to Him, we need to make a fundamental decision to follow Jesus. A fundamental decision to follow Jesus that we're in, we're all in, and we're going to follow Him. I've been recently. I've been uh, in my reading. I've been reading uh, Matthew. Uh, the book of Matthew, just reading the account of Jesus' life written from Matthew's perspective. And there's a verse that really stood out to me this time. I've thought of it before, but to this time it just really stood out to me. I'd like to show it to you this morning. It's uh, Matthew 9, 9. It's when Matthew's writing and he's he's writing his own name. <laughs> I thought, wouldn't it be kind of interesting to read writing the story of Jesus? And then this is the part where you come into the story. 
And he says, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up and he followed him. And I just started reflecting on what that was like to write that for, for, for Matthew. You know, he had everything he'd been writing to that point was based on research and things people had told him. And right at that point, the story for him changed. And it went from research to personal experience and observation. That point in Matthew's life changed everything for him when he stood up from that table and he decided to follow Jesus. Um, in fact, you know, that was the point in time when the big story of what God was doing in the world intersected with Matthew's story. And when Matthew stood up and followed him, then from then on, Matthew's story was an integral part of the big story of what God's doing in the world. That was that point. And, you know, to walk, to walk with God, you have to have that point in your story. You have to have that point where you decide that you're going to follow Jesus. And, you know, this, uh, you know, where, where, where in your story was that point? As you think about your own life, where, where in your story was that point? Um, you know, maybe, maybe that's the decision that's in front of you this morning is, uh, Maybe you've been following, maybe you followed, but you've kind of sat back down. Maybe, maybe it's like the initial time, like, God, you know what? I want to follow him. Maybe that's what you're really thinking about right now is whether you want to follow him. Maybe that's the decision that's in front of you today. That's crucial to coming to him. The next, the next part of the cadence is listen to him. I want to just, just cover a f- couple of things in these different areas. Listen to him. We have to, we have to decide that we're going to pay attention to what Jesus has to say. Pay attention like it matters. The problem is, all of us, we, we tend to be critical and pass judgments on ideas or advice we get. We tend to pass judgment and be critical about advice or ideas that we take in. And in fact, you know what, several years ago, uh, I went to the doctor. That's not a strange occurrence, but several years ago, this time I went to the doctor. Uh, and the doctor that I had then, you know, have you, I don't know if you've ever had this experience. You're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. And then they come in and they act like they're in a hurry. And they don't really have time to even talk to you. It's like, oh, just a moment of your time. I seem to be having a problem. No. And actually, honestly, I don't remember exactly why I was there that day. But I remember, I remember trying to get his attention and he was just kind of, just didn't seem very engaged with what I was saying. And I felt uh, a little neglected. Um, but he gave me something, and then he says, well, I'll do this. And I'm like, okay, maybe that'll work. And then he started He started leaving. I think he'd been there maybe two minutes, maybe. And he goes, well, and as he turns to walk out the door, he turns back around and he just goes, oh, and uh, you need to lose weight. I thought, well, there you go. I had never thought of that. Um, and, uh, and thank you for so graciously putting that for me. Um, and he was, his intention was to turn around and walk out the door. I think he just thought, here's some valuable input. Um, and so, you know, honestly, it rankled me a little bit. But I, I, I just said, well, do you have any suggestions on how I might do that? I was just trying to engage with this guy a little bit. And he goes, uh, he turns back around and his expression was like, I wasn't intending to relate to anyone right now. Like, uh, uh, well, uh, well, um, Do you like tortillas? I'm like, <laughs> I thought, where in the world are we going? 
and, I, and, I, and I thought, well, I, I'm, I'm just going to answer his question. So I thought, but I, went, I, uh, I, 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 I love tortillas. <laughs> and he goes, okay, okay. How many do you have a week? Ah. Uh, and I want in my mind, I'm like, I want to be truthful, but that's not really a category I think in. So I, I said, well, how, uh, you know what? You know, some week, maybe a lot. Some weeks, none. So maybe on average, maybe two a week. I'm just trying, I'm an engineer, so I'm like, I, I think I came close. You know, it's like, you know, about two a week, I'd say. And he goes, great, great, two a week. He goes, just have one. Well, uh, and honestly, I had the hardest time not laughing. I mean, he said that, and I was like, and I was able to squeak out, thank you. And then he left. And I got a new doctor, by the way. Um, but, you know, that was a really lousy illustration. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it cracked me up. I told people we were, I had so much fun with that story. But, you know, as I thought about it, he actually had a good point. It was just a horrible illustration. You know, his point was I needed to watch my portions. And that was good advice. And actually I've been working, I've been working on losing weight and that, and actually taking that advice has actually been what's part of what's been really helping me. So it's actually really good advice. It was just very poorly told to me. Um, you know what, what we tend to, we tend to do that, you know, that of, that, that judgment down on things. We tend to do that with God's word. We tend to imagine ourselves as kind of above, kind of passing judgment on things. And so we take the word of God and we kind of pass judgment or we're critical to what it says and the things it says to do. When actually what we have to do is we have to flip that and we have to let the word of God really pass judgment on our way of thinking and the things we say to do. And that's, that's when we begin to really listen to the point of understanding and we put into practice what we, what we said. Now when you're, when you're God's kid, when you step, you're in the kingdom and you're not paying attention to things that would really help you. He is a loving father. And what he does is he, he gets your attention with things, uh, to really pay attention in the area that, that you're, you're hurting yourself in. In fact, if you look at Hebrews 12, 11, Hebrews 12, 11 just says, all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterward it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. When when uh, we really, what God does is he tends, he puts pressure right in the area that we haven't been paying attention so that we will then pay attention so that we'll listen and do what he says so that we actually have a better life. And so when, right now, you know, I would think through like, what's the pressure point in your life right now? What's the pressure point in your life right now? Where is God trying to get your attention? And I'd really, I'd really encourage you to Take that pressure point and take it to the scriptures. You know, take, study through the scriptures and find out what God's word actually says about that area. Uh, and also, you know, ask someone that you know walks with God. Ask them for some advice because they've probably had pressure in that area many times themselves. But ask people for advice and really, uh, really work to pay attention to what God has to say. And then the last part of the cadence, come to him, listen to him and do what he says is we need to make a fundamental decision 
that we're going to follow through and do what he says. Um, what we tend to try to do is to kind of merge our thinking with God's thinking, kind of merge it together. Um, and really, that's not what God intends at all. He wants us to yield to his way of thinking and to really go with it instead of with ours. Like I was saying earlier, let his word really pass judgment on our thinking. Now, kind of, I want you to just tell you a picture of kind of how that's worked in my life. You know, several years ago, I remember I was in a small group. That's, that's, that's a habit I got into years and years ago. I've been helped so much by just walking with a small group of people who really want to walk with God themselves. And I was in this small group, and one of the guys in the group began to really challenge the rest of us to start memorizing verses. Now, I had I had memorized a few things here and there uh, sporadically, but he, he was just like, you know, he, we'd see him and he'd go, bust a verse. I'm like, oh, geez. Um, well, no, that was last week. And so I, every time I saw the guy, I wanted to make sure I had a verse. And so what I did is I started memorizing the verses that were suggested in our study to start with. And one of those verses was Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. If I go ahead and pull it up, it just says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. And so I, I memorized that, and I began to really think about it and stew on it, uh, carried it around with me, worked on it. And uh, one day, I remember I was at work. Uh, I actually went to work often. They only pay me when I'm there. So I was I was at work, and a sec, one of our secretaries uh, in our, for our area came over, and she was mad. And she was mad about things that had nothing to do with me, except that I worked there. And she was mad at all engineers. And she walked into my cubicle. And she just lit into me like I was the spokesman for all the engineers in the middle. Just, you engineers, you do this, you do that. And she names all this stuff. And everything she named, I hadn't done any of that, but she was just so mad. And and I was feeling a little misunderstood. And, and you know, I can be kind of funny once in a while. And so I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I said something that was kind of funny, but I, it stung a little. And she got a little offended. And she just... <laughs> And she walked off and she went over to her, to her desk. And I went, sat back down on my cubicle and I, I sat there and I just thought, that was crazy. What, what does she think? She can come here and just start yelling at me. I was like, and as I was doing that, this verse came to my mind. I need to forgive her. And then I think, but God, did you see what she did? She was just, I mean, I was just sitting here working for a living and she came and, I need to go. And so the Spirit of God kept working on me. I decided I need to go clear this up with her. So I I got up and I walked around. And uh, I, had learned, I learned that you want to apologize for your part of something and then forgive someone else for their part. And so I walked over to her and I said, you know, uh, hey, I wanted, I just said something very harsh to you. And I know it hurt. And I just wanted to apologize to you for that. And she looked up at me and said, well, you ought to, and just kind of lit into me again. I'm like, oh, and I bit my tongue off because um, I figured what, if I said anything else, I'd be back there apologizing anyway. So, <laughs> And so then I, I walked back over to my desk and I sat down. And then I, I was even in more turmoil. I sat down I'm like, God, can you believe that she just lit into me again? And, I'm like, and then about a minute or two later, she walked by my cubicle and she started talking to me about something completely unrelated like she always did, just start talking to me. And I, honestly, I don't even—I I don't even think I was listening anymore. I, just, 
I was looking at her, and I realized that from her point of view, we were completely clear. And I was just, wow. And I thought, one thing I have to do now is forgive her, and we're good. <laughs> and I'll tell you, that, that was a pivotal, that was a pivotal, uh, eye-opening thing for me. That's why I tell that story. And for me, that was a pivotal moment for, because I, I could see that, that this is really the way life worked. Is that when you have, when you're sideways with someone in a relationship, if you forgive them and you apologize and you really ask them to forgive you for what you did, it frees you up, it clears you up and freedom comes right back and, and you know, I've had a lot of things I had to clear up at work since then. <laughs> there are a lot of things in family relationships, work relationships, um, friends, relationship with friends, all kinds of things. And over time, I've become more and more convinced as I've done this that that's really the way life works, is that I will have clear relationships by doing this. And <clears throat> the thought that comes to my mind this morning is this, and that is that perspective and understanding on how life really works are on the other side of obedience. Perspective and understanding on how life really works are on the other side of obedience. It's only after you do what God says to do that you can really see if it's real or not. And, you know, as you develop a lifestyle of walking with God by coming to Him, listening to Him, and doing what He says then you begin to see life in context of what's really going on and what God's really doing in the world and your place in it. And, uh, you know, if you've, if you've been struggling with the Scriptures, uh, whether or not they're relevant to your life, you know, it could be that you're just on the on the wrong side of obedience. It could be that you just, there's some something in your life, There's a maybe there's a half-driven nail in your life that that you just need to go ahead and pound in, that God's been putting some pressure on, and you just need to go ahead and pound that nail in and keep and move to the next nail. That could be that could be what you need to do, and really follow through and do what he says. What I wanted to end with today is just some just an uh, an idea of how you could approach this on a daily basis. Several years ago, uh, this was presented to me, and it's something that I do in just my daily routine. And I just wanted to throw it out there for your guys' consideration. And that is, you know, daily plan just for meeting with God, so that you can kind of walk through this kind of talk uh, kind of this scenario that I'm talking about. And, and that is each morning, spend, spend about 20 minutes at least. Um, just carve out time in your schedule and just start off and just pray. And ask God to really speak to you and really take the things that you're really facing to Him and ask Him for help on those things. And then take some time and read. Uh, maybe for 10 minutes or so, just read Read the scriptures with a view to how it connects to your real life. Read the scriptures with a view to how it connects to your real life. And just listen for what God might want to share with you out of that. And then analyze. Just really, really think and really strive to come to an understanding of what's meant by what you read, what God meant by that, and how it might apply to your life that day or with something you're facing. And then the last thing is in that, in that time, just yield to Him. And just yield to God and really act on it that day. Act on, maybe it's a direction you need to start taking, so you need to do some thinking. Whatever it takes to really act on what God's brought up that morning, just really yield to Him. And really, and really begin to do that. So with that, I'm gonna, I, uh, I wanna go ahead and ask the band 
that they could go ahead and come back up and and this this is a good time if you haven't finished filling out your communication card go ahead and finish filling that out the the offering baskets will be coming around shortly and I'd like to go through a couple next steps maybe for you as you're listening this morning maybe the next step for you is just to decide to follow Jesus uh, maybe for you this morning it's maybe you've thought of some half-driven nails that you really need to work on and really to put those in to really drive those into place and uh, maybe God's brought something else up to your mind and uh, I would really encourage you to really uh, to really do business with him and really follow through with what he tells you uh, let me pray dear God father we're very grateful to you for the for the direction that you've given us in life and God I just pray that each one of us as we pursue you and as we spend time with you that you would really give us uh, an understanding of what you want us to do and the really the the uh, the means and the will and the gumption really to do it. In Jesus' name, amen.